The Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, how's everybody doing here? Your host, Jeff Lloyd. We have the pregame tailgate edition here. We're going to sit down here and get a lot of good Chiefs nuggets. And guys, obviously, this is going to be a difficult test here Sunday. We're not going to hide that. I just do want to uh, uh, send out the best wishes. Uh, Paul Zimmerman, Dr. Z, longtime NFL writer. Uh, Any younger listeners, if you don't know who he is, uh, look it up, read about him. One of the most influential sports writers, uh, NFL writers that probably ever existed. And, uh, you know, very sad for me. You know, he was a kid. When I was a kid, he was on pregame shows. He was a guy you always wanted to get the scoop from. He had a lot of great info. So sorry to hear about that information and uh, having to pass it along. Uh, you know, sucks getting older because some guys you, you, you loved and appreciated. Unfortunately, can't be here forever. Um, with that being said, we're going to move on here with the show. Um, uh, at Chiefs Reporter would be the Twitter at. His name is BJ Kissel, one of my favorite guys. And one of the things I like about BJ the most and I respect is, you know, made his way up in this business to get himself into a gig that he absolutely loves and enjoys. BJ, how you doing? And could not be more happy to have you here with us this evening. Hi, Jeff. Well, I appreciate you having me on and I uh, appreciate those words. Yeah, it's been, it's been a cool ride and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I guess we'll get right into it here and, uh Number 15, uh, the young man out of Texas Tech. Uh, Yeah, I I think you guys got something going on there. So, uh, BJ, I mean, look, I mean, being around the guy as much as you are, I mean, it's it's crazy because the amount of fun he's having, the amount of success he's having, and and they've just built a beautiful, beautiful, you know, position of skill players around them. They are a fun watch right now. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to cover. I think it goes back to last year, and I don't think – we talk about the success and all the other things that are doing it. No, if anyone, I think everyone knew it was possible. I don't know if anyone knew it was going to happen quite this quickly. Uh, but I think the one thing um, from being around uh, Pat that I don't I wouldn't say I'm surprised at the success, but I think he never got enough credit for uh, his mental ability and how much he loves football and how quickly he processes the game because. Uh, you only have so much time to talk about him or to write about him. It's so easy to fall in love with the physical traits, the attributes, uh, the arm talent, not just arm strength, but his ability to drop passes in and do different things to manipulate uh, velocity and angles and all those kinds of things. Uh, I think people kind of didn't give him enough credit for the mental side uh, of what he did, and I think a lot of the credit, and I know Coach Reed has spoke ad nauseum about it, uh, goes back to Alex Smith and all the, the help he got as a veteran, but uh, yeah, the one thing that uh, has been really cool to see with Pat is that the, the physical ability was already there, but the mental side of it has happened a lot quicker. Um, but you always kind of knew he loved the game. He was always talking football. Even when I talked to him off the side, uh, just seeing him in the hallway, uh, just you know, giving him a hard time about Texas Tech because I'm a K-Stater. Uh, yep. We always joke about that. He, whenever I try to talk to him about the game or the upcoming game, he starts speaking to me in coverages and all kinds of different language. And it's just like, hey, man, I was just you know saying – a big game this week, and I didn't need to know what coverage everybody's going to be in and all this. So, uh, the guy's a football rat. Uh, he absolutely loves the game, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. I think one of the things, and you know, anybody who was down on him obviously now is eating crow at this point, but I think that one thing people forgot when they talked about him is obviously the tape was the electric, you know, the arm was electric. But, you know, when you're a son of a, a, a pro athlete, you know, you kind of understand that these guys are going to go the extra mile. I mean, he wouldn't have been this far deep into it. If he wasn't, you know, that committed, you know, and I think that people, a lot of people didn't, you know, go back and think about that, that his father was a, pro, you know, obviously a you know, professional baseball player for as long as he was, 
And so, I mean, he knew the commitment and he knew the work ethic. And obviously, you know, what you're saying here, it shows, I mean, you know, he could have chosen to go, go another route. You know, obviously, just because your father's a pro athlete doesn't mean you're going to be one. But he knew what it was going to take to do it. And he had no issue coming in with the 110% commitment his entire life to it. And it's showing right now because, I mean... The, the, what you see with him on tape, I mean, first off, it's just God-given ability that some people don't have. There's also the stones of knowing that he can make these throws that other guys can't. And it just comes off. And, I mean, in week one, obviously, with the Chargers, it started there. And luckily me, fantasy-wise, I mean, I ate him on a team last year. Just stowed him away, wait until this year. But it just it, it is it just incredible to see what they're doing. And, and I think they've done a really good job matching, you know, the correct pieces with him. Yeah, I think the the talent they surrounded him with with Brett Veach was able to do this offseason, bringing in Sammy Watkins and obviously uh, Kareem Hunt Pat came in the same draft and those two are, are kind of you know the future of the offensive playmaker position for the Chiefs along with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all those guys. But uh, I think it was really important going back to what you said about uh, Dad being a professional athlete because it's really coming into play now. It's something that I've asked um, Pat and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and even Coach Reed asking these guys. You know, it's one thing for him to come in and have the success, but what gives you confidence that uh, it's not going to go to his head, that he's not going to buy into the hype? And they go back to the same thing, that he's been around professional athletes his whole life, and he knows that it, it, it's a long race, that this is a marathon and not a sprint. He loves all the success they're having right now, but he it's something that he's been around. He's been around Alex Rodriguez as a kid growing up and saw how Alex was you know, going about his work every single day. Same thing with Alex Smith and all the other veterans uh, that he's been around here since he's been in the NFL, that uh, he's not the kind of guy that's going to all of a sudden just start patting himself on the back and start reading all the press and the ink sniffing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he doesn't really buy into it. And as much as we see like, a mature kid is how he's handling the success, uh, every once in a while you're reminded that he's 23. He's social media savvy. He's out there having fun. But, um, yeah, I think that the whole uh, dad being a professional athlete thing uh, has as much to do with how he's going to handle success and how he's going to kind of – uh, deal with all the the stuff that you know, Jeff. That you guys see that the, the media side of it, where he's getting so many requests to do so many interviews, and you know, everybody now on, on TV and all this, they want to make the big statement. They, they want to compare him to the Hall of Famers and all this and all that. And he really doesn't get caught up in all of it. He just goes about his work. He's got a process in place on how to do stuff. And uh, I think that's the coolest part. Being as close as as you are is that the success. It's not changing him at all he just kind of goes about his business he's the same guy now as he was when i you know talked to him on draft night yeah well and i think that also happens though when you pick up the phone and you call dad and he says yeah well talk to me when you've done it for a decade or a dozen years all right son talk to me then <laughs> yeah. so it's easy you know you get you get to stay humble from home um obviously you know we talked about the skill guys and i think it's a perfect pairing of what they have around him um, the best part of this Browns defense is this defensive line. How is the Chiefs' offensive line been looking here? Because th- there's been weeks, and if we want to go back to the Saints game, there's been weeks where this uh, you know Browns defensive line has been able to absolutely control and throw an offense out of its rhythm. Uh, are they ready? You know, uh, well, hopefully it doesn't go to overtime because we got some gas guys on the defensive line over here in Cleveland. Um, but are they ready for the task? Because uh, the, the defensive line here in Cleveland has been very strong week in week out. Yeah, I think in talking with uh, Eric Bieniemy today that he had a lot of positive things to say. And I know Miles Garrett, and for all the right reasons and uh, for everything that he can do, uh, makes a lot of plays. But uh, I think that shortchanging the other guys you've got on your line with 55 and 65, uh, Avery, the young kid, uh, those guys can play too. And uh, the one good thing I'll say, and 
not that any matchup's ever easy, is that uh, the Chiefs have faced some pretty good defensive lines so far uh, this year to kind of prepare them for every week. You know, there's always a guy, whether it's, you know, the Jags and Calais Campbell and played the 49ers, it was DeForest Buckner or Vaughn Miller, whoever else. There's always a guy every week. Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely right in that the strength when you put the tape on to the Browns' defense are those guys up front. And I think a lot of the pressure and the forced fumbles, I think they lead the league in forced fumbles. Uh, it all starts up front. And I think that the one thing when you look at the Chiefs' offensive line, particularly on paper, is that you know they're banged up right now. That, that Mitch Morris hasn't practiced yet. He missed the last uh, couple of games. And then you had Jordan Devy who stepped in and then he got injured. Uh, so they were down to Austin Ryder, uh, who actually spent some time with Cleveland. Yep. Came in and he started the last game for us. He's... He's still out there for him now, so uh, it's it's been really cool to see how those guys last two games they put up over seventy points with with Ryder, who I believe was just making his second career start, and then Andrew Wiley, a right guard, was stepping in for Laurent Beaver and HRD, who was injured a few weeks ago. He was just making one of his the, the second start of his career, and the offense just kept rolling. And I think a lot of that success, a lot of that credit, has to go to Andy Hack along the offensive line. I think a lot of credit should go to Patrick Mahomes because. Uh, we always look at, you know, sack stats and pressures and all the advancing analytics now, but Pat's very good at sensing pressure. Uh, he's very athletic. He can move outside the pocket. And a lot of, you know, stack statistics, a lot of times that's, that's just as much on a quarterback, uh, you know, getting out of the arc or running into the arc of the, the edge rusher as much as it is, you know, having that innate feel of when to leave a pocket. But uh, the offensive line, they've been very good. Uh, it's very easy. I think they get fired up when they see how Kareem Hunt runs. Um, I think that that uh, he provides a lot of energy for those guys. But uh, you're looking at the matchup, you know, not to be cliche. And I, you know, you talk about it every week. I talk about it every week. It's you got to control the line of scrimmage, and that's a lot easier said than done with the uh, with the horses you guys have up front. Yeah, and it's actually it, it, it's funny the way you brought it up because that's some of the things that Baker Mayfield's struggling with right now is you know when he's got to you know kind of get out of the pocket a little bit. Sometimes he's taking himself into sacks, and it's you know the, yeah. the offensive line is getting the, the initial two and a half second bit pass pro but they're not able to really provide much more than that guys uh i do get asked for a lot of betting advice um look i can't tell you who's going to win the game i can recommend i can recommend and give you my choice but at the end of the day it's your money what i can tell you is who you're betting with is almost as important as who you're betting on that's why i suggest to you guys mybookie.com they are your best bet this season they have in-game live betting um, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Guys, they've been in the business for years. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is simple, easy to use. Currently slammed with a bunch of new prospective customers. If you register after 7 Eastern time, they will give you a free $25 of their money. This goes along with when you register with mybookie.com, they will match your initial deposit up to 100%. So do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, get 100% return on your investment, and then you get another $25. Guys, with this, I will give you the promo code of LOCKDOWN25, capital L, capital O, LOCKDOWN25. That is mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com, mybookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, BJ, we're going to flip it over to the other side of the ball here. Um, now, defensively, uh, well, first things first, Justin Houston, I know he was supposed to practice yesterday. That never came to fruition. Was he able to get some time in there today? Because if he wants to take a week off, we're okay with that. We really are. <laughs> Yeah, he was. It was a weird thing. Yesterday, they said that uh, Coach Reed came out and said that he was going to practice in a very limited capacity. They ended up holding him back, and then he did that today. Uh, just did individual, didn't do any of the team stuff, is what we were told uh, during open media before, um, after the walkthrough, before the practice. Um, but traditionally, uh, throughout the 
throughout the time that I've been here uh, with Coach Reed that there's only a handful of times if a guy's not a full participant, uh, particularly by Friday, that they end up not playing in that game. Uh, so tomorrow's practice or tomorrow's uh, participation report uh, will be very telling uh, to see if, if Justin's going to be out there. But either way, it's a good sign that he's starting to come back, um, although we've seen D4 kind of uh, take over. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's absolutely taken over. And before we – talk a little bit about the defense i just realized we went through the entire offensive line and we didn't talk about your guy mitch schwartz i just want to say like (laughs) i'm very happy that mitch is here i know you guys really liked him down there but he has been phenomenal part of the reason that those interior guys shuffling around can have success is that you've got a guy like mitch stepping out on the edge over 6800 consecutive snaps start his career uh he's one of the best in the league doesn't get enough credit i know jeff i probably don't have to tell you that uh and then eric fisher at left tackle uh, a lot was said about him early in his career out there with the, the number one overall pick and all the pressure that comes with that. But he's quietly been very, very good this year. And uh, when it comes to run blocking, down blocking, uh, he's the guy you want on your side. And uh, he's quietly had a very, very good year as well. Yeah, it's funny because the Justin Houston situation is actually similar to Rashard Higgins. And it, it, it's kind of odd. But Rashard Higgins has turned into kind of be like Baker's guy. And Baker really has a good rapport with him. We hadn't had him for three weeks. We heard yesterday that he wasn't, you know, he didn't practice. Did get in today. So there's a good shot the Browns are getting him back. And, and Baker seems to have a really good rapport with him. And after that, I mean, you're talking rookies. So it's, it's been really tough for Baker the last few weeks. So if he can at least get another guy out there that he's comfortable with, that would be a big, big help. Um, the secondary, uh, obviously the pass rush is there. It, has it been very consistent week in, week out? Because for my Browns listeners, they don't want to hear that. Yeah, it has, but and, uh, it's hard because it's like the chicken and the egg. However you want to have the argument. Because uh, part of the benefit, and the numbers get kind of inflated at times, because there were games where the Chiefs, like, they scored so many points so quickly, the teams are having to play catch-up, and then those pass rushers know they're gonna, the quarterback's just going to sit back there because they've got to throw the ball. Uh, so it makes it a little easier not to downplay any of those numbers. Uh, but I know early in the year, uh, Alan Bailey, uh, who's one of the defensive tackles, a noted run stuff for a guy that uh, in his career, I think, had a career best, like four and a half sacks. I think he had three sacks in like, the first three weeks, and they came in big situations. Uh, so it's not just D. Ford or Justin Houston when he's been out there. Uh, Chris Jones, as far as an interior defensive line, uh, he can easily wreck a game. He's been very, very good again this year. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the pass rush has been pretty consistent uh, this year, but a lot of that obviously is complimentary football and the offense is throwing up points and teams are knowing that they're going to have to put up points. They tend to throw a little bit more. I know I looked at the stats the other day, and the percentage of passes against I think is second most in the league. And a lot of that obviously has to do with either the threat of scoring or the fact that it's having to play from behind. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a tough situation because uh, even when the Browns you know do kind of get some things going early in the game, they really haven't been able to score touchdowns, and field goals are not going to be your friend when you're playing these, this Kansas City Chiefs team right now. Where have some offenses had some success against this Chiefs defense? I think in running the football, I think that there's been some success there. Um, you look at the numbers, uh, those will kind of bear those out. Uh, they've allowed some pretty big plays, so... Uh, it's kind of hard when you look at yards, and again, we look at the numbers. Uh, that's what we do. Um, you can look at the you can look at the tape, and you can try to add context. But every game's a little bit different. Uh, but they've given up some chunk plays, and there's been some communication issues. Uh, the coaches and the players have talked about it a lot. Uh, whether it's on that back end between the linebackers and the safeties or corners, uh, there have been some times where guys are just running free down the field, and they've given up some uh, some touchdowns. 
Uh, the offense is kind of made up for that, and they go down and score quickly and kind of pick them up a little bit. Uh, but it always seems that, you know, when they get into big-time situations, the defense has stepped up, whether it's late in the game, uh, whether it's early in that uh, second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers back uh, early in the season. Uh, there was three or four drives in a row with defense stepped up, uh, stepped up last week, uh, getting a couple of turnovers in the fourth quarter. But uh, the, the, they've been susceptible to some big plays. Um, so that's something they're obviously working on, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. You know that uh, you never know what you're going to get when you're going up against a team with uh, a new offensive coordinator, a guy that I think besides the one preseason game uh, with Freddie Kitchens Kitch- hasn't called any plays. So uh, not a lot. You know, schematically probably change, but the play calling and the different tendencies and all the numbers that you've got, uh, those may mix up a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I think you're going to see an early commitment to running the ball. Um, they really like Nick yeah. Chubb. Duke Johnson was supposed to be a bigger part of the game plan last week. Uh, you know, took a little bit shot to the back early in the game, and he was, you know, he just wasn't really himself within the game. So I do think there is going to also be a commitment to Duke Johnson. I think that is part of the reason why you know some heads went rolling on Monday like they did is because they weren't always getting their best talent on the field. Um, when you're playing your fifth and sixth wide receivers as your second and third, and you're ignoring a weapon like Duke Johnson. Uh, yeah, it's going to aggravate some people up top, and you know that's I think that's kind of where it went with that. So well, I, I expect to see a heavy commitment to the run. Obviously, hopefully they can just keep the game as close as you know possible as long as they can. Um, Marcus Peters was moved on here from the cornerback position. Um, how is that you know how is that positional group moved on since him? You know, has anybody else kind of stepped up to take a you know m- more of a bigger piece of the pie, bigger role? Yeah, I think the sign of Orlando Scandrick, um, he's a guy that uh, has made some plays, he's given up some plays, and I think fans tend to, to remember the plays you give up. <laughs> out there. They always do. That you make, um, particularly when you know, you're know you in a good spot and the quarterback has to come off that read and then check it underneath, and fans don't necessarily see that on first watch unless they go back or they read a breakdown or something like that. But uh, Scandrick's been pretty good, and the cornerback group as a whole um, has been pretty good this year. Um, when it comes to giving up a lot of the big plays, a lot of that's been uh, run back things across the middle. A lot more of it, I believe, has been linebackers and safeties. Um, but, yeah, when you're scoring as many points and you have as many balls being thrown against them as uh, these guys have, um, they're going to give up some plays. Uh, Steve Nelson is a guy that uh, mm-hmm. is a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, I, I love being around him. I love everything he brings about it. You talk to his teammates, they absolutely love the way that he approaches the game and that uh, he may give up a couple of plays, but um, mentally he's going to come right back and get in your face. He's probably going to talk a little bit. Uh, he makes the play on Sunday. You're going to see him pointing at the crowd and waving his finger. That's just what he does. Uh, he's done it every road game so far this year. But um, I think in talking with Al Harris last week, I talked with him a little bit about these guys, and that's the one thing that he likes is that uh, their mental approach to the game hasn't changed, um, given up uh, some plays at times. But um, overall, the cornerback position, uh, I think, has been okay for the Chiefs this year. It's actually funny you brought up Steven Nelson. I actually got to interview him during his draft cycle. And it was, you know, he was that type of guy. And we were like, you know, well, you know, what's your biggest react? You know, and I remember the, the question vividly was, you know, like, what's your first reaction? You know, when you do give up, you know, a, a, you know, a, a big gainer, throw it at me again. Go ahead. I dare you. Throw it at me again. And he was just, I mean, it was just like, all right, I'm sold. Because, I mean, that is the way you want your cornerbacks to be. It's got to be that, yeah, all right, it. you may have got me once, but I'm going to get you 10 more times. Yeah, I'll never forget Eric Berry told me last year, and I talked to him after the Sunday after practice one day about uh, Nelson. He said he nicknamed him Little Scrappy just because <laughs> everybody kind of feeds off his energy. At pra- He's a guy at practice who can go 100 miles an hour all the time. 
Um, so yeah, he's a, he's a guy that's going to get out there and compete. And when it comes to um, that position and the the mental, just that I think D Ford said it best yesterday. That athletic arrogance uh, to you may have got me this time, but I'm going to come back at you next time. There's no position that's more important than corner. Um, and Steve Nelson has all that ability, that mental uh, aggressiveness in him in spades. Yeah, he's just, I mean, and he, he was just, I mean, even, you know, he was a guy, obviously, well-traveled from Oregon State, and he just, it was just, all right, well, that's the guy. And, you know, you know, having played the game and been around corners my entire life, it was like, all right, okay, this is, I mean, that's what you want. And, you know, that's, you know, some guys get on me here because I was a little bit higher on Jairie Alexander than I was on Denzel Ward. But I just, I like that mentality, and a defense has kind of got to feed off a guy like that. Yeah, well, Alexander's been pretty good. I don't think uh, you got to hang your hat. Denzel Ward has been fantastic. He's yeah, been I don't think there's a loser in that uh, scenario. <laughs> yeah, I watched the last couple of games, and uh, I went back and watched that first Steelers game, that interception. That's why I watched it 15 times, where Ward comes off his guy in the flat and then dives and makes that interception in the red zone. Uh, that was a phenomenal play, and that's just those are the types of things you can't really coach. You can give the tendencies, you can do all that, but that's just a matter of feeling it out, and that's a phenomenal play. You guys have a good one there. Yeah, I tell you what, it almost makes you wonder, like, you almost makes you wish you could have been at, like, you know, about two years ago or so, be at some Ohio State practices and just watching all these, like, my God, is a receiver ever going to catch a pass in practice? Because <laughs> it's just one first-round pick after another. Guys, you're listening yep. to Locked On Browns here. We got B.J. Kissel here, uh, you know, works for the Chiefs as one of their main reporters. Does a fantastic job, uh, you know, breaking down everything here on the pregame tailgate edition before, you know, Sunday's contest in First Energy. Uh, guys, Chris uh, Manning over at Locked On Cavs. Obviously, he's doing a job just like me. We're trying to get through here with coaching switches and everything, and you know, and what may not be a season of expectation, but still trying to give you the best coverage. Chris Manning, Chris Manning, Locked On Cavs, does a fantastic job. Guys, make sure you're you know subscribed to the show and following along to all my Cavalier fans. Um, just I got two quick ones before we uh, start to put a bow on this. BJ, is there somebody we haven't gotten to? And look, you know, when you have a team the way the Chiefs are going right now. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes gets a ton of mention. Obviously, D. Ford gets a ton of mention. Is there a guy quietly having a good year that nobody's really talking about? Um, offensively, it's tough because it's a different guy every week. I mean, yeah. Last week, it was Sammy Watkins at 107 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And then uh, you forget about Kareem Hunt and the fact that he led the league in rushing last year. So it's always a different guy. Um, I think as far as you know, positions and storylines going into this game, I think on the defensive side, uh, you got to check the injury report and see. Uh, is it inside linebacker? They're a little banged up. I know that uh, Anthony Hitchens, uh, one of the guys they signed this offseason, um, is a little banged up. He uh, was limited in practice today. He's dealing with some sore ribs. Uh, he had to lead the game last week uh, a little bit early. but um, And then behind him, one of the guys, uh, Terrence Smith, uh, out of Florida State. That's uh, my guy. Phenomenal special teams player. Yeah, a phenomenal special teams player. guy can run and hit. Uh, had a great role uh, in this defense. Uh, he got injured, and he's out for the year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do at inside linebacker um, if Hitchens isn't able to go. So that's something to watch uh, throughout the week. But uh, besides that, I think it's just kind of whoever's open on the offensive side, that interior offensive line we spoke about uh, with Austin Ryder, a guy that you guys are familiar with, and then Andrew Wiley um, over there at right guard. And then we haven't talked about Travis Kelsey yet, but arguably – uh, him and Gronk, two of the best tight ends in the game. So uh, that's the one great thing about the offense is that, you know, you just kind of – they have the rules. They have what they're going to do against certain coverages, and everybody knows what that's going to be. And they've got enough talent that, you know, you can't take away everybody, and, and Pat's processing it uh, pretty good. So, yeah, it's 
it's fun to watch. I'm sorry for anyone who has to try to game plan against it because I'm not really sure um, how you do that. Uh, whether you go man or zone because they can check and, and Pat's got all that ability at the line of scrimmage to check things. So uh, it'll be interesting to see throughout the year our teams continue to try to try to mix it up on them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, do you say, all right, well, we're going to try and take Tyreek Hill away so they don't get 90 yards in one play? Okay, so they get 90 yards in two to three plays. I mean, it's, there's just, it's, I mean, it's almost pick your own poison. It's, you know, which way do you want it? And then if, you know, they spread everybody out and you're like, all right, we're going to really commit to coverage here. Okay, well, here comes Kareem Hunt, one million miles an hour through the hole. So really tough with that. Um, I know a lot of my listeners want to hear this. Obviously, you know, familiar with John Dorsey's work, as you are, BJ. Um, he's now got a big task in front of him with, you know, obviously now over the next, uh, let's see here, nine weeks, he's got a head coaching search. And it, you, you brought up the name, and, and I know he's going to be a hot name. And for me, like, you know, I love every thought there possibly is about Eric Bieniemy. Like, I think about, you know, him in Colorado. It was a program that didn't exist and him and some others turned it into the program that it was, where it had a nice run there, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, you know, can we get the next Sean McVay? I don't know if John John strikes me as the type of guy that's going to say, ooh, I think here's the brilliant young genius. I think we'll be more familiar with the kind of name that maybe he's going to go with. Um, is Eric Bieniemy trending this way? I mean, is this is head coach possibly that far off? I mean, we see him at the Combine, and it seems like these guys in a short time just fall in love with him. Yeah, his players and the guys that have played with him over the years absolutely loved everything he brings. And I don't think you can find a guy who loves football more than Eric Bieniemy. I think uh, when he's mic'd up or, you know, he doesn't have to be mic'd up. He doesn't. No, you'd hear him. You would hear him anyway. Well, yeah, you're going to hear him. A training camp is always fun because fans get to get pretty close to the team, and uh, you can hear the enemy. And it was that was one of the storylines coming. Not to go off a little off topic, but it's it was one of those funny things going into this year is how the enemy was going to handle his new role because normally he was just yelling at five or six guys at the running back position, and now he's got an entire offense of guys to yell at. Uh, but the passion you see it come out, and I think when you look at uh, head coaching positions, you just look at the history, and at one. It seems like we're not that far away from half the league having worked uh, under Andy Reid at some point just because of his process, the way he teaches uh, his coaches, and the way that he kind of uh, empowers them uh, to do what they do has been really cool for me to see in just a short time, having been around Doug Peterson and to see the success that he's gone and have, and then Matt Nagy to see the success he's gone and had. I know there's a lot more than that, but I to the guys that I can speak to, uh, it's been really great to see, and it seems like that that factory and those guys working with Coach and, and kind of his process and the plan that he puts in place for him uh, has worked out really well. Uh, but one thing that uh, I know about John, and uh, I, I would say I, I know John really, really well, but uh, I was around him quite a bit, is that uh, he's going to be very methodical. Uh, he's going to put a lot of time into this, that uh, no stone is going to go unturned. And uh, you saw it with his draft here. You saw it with the way that he went about his business, that, again, the guy absolutely loves football, uh, the quintessential football guy. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys are, are in good hands there, and uh, it'll be interesting. I'm interested and excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and, and that was even the thing with this week, you know, with moving on, because, you know, look, I mean, you know, we weren't so big fans of Todd Haley either, and we almost kind of got the feeling that, you know, the Hugh news came, and then Todd Haley kind of went in, all right, John, it's me and you, and here's what I got planned, and y- you know what, yeah, you can go too, you can go too, you weren't really my cup of tea either, uh, yeah, we're going to get, my, we're going to get some people that I have confidence in here, and we're going to get this ball rolling now that I've got the roster right. 
Um, I do want to thank you, BJ, for your time, guys. Uh, guys, uh, any Chiefs fan, but any football fan, BJ does a fantastic job. So uh, go ahead, follow him at Chiefs Reporter. Uh, follows this team ridiculously well and gets you any information you'd want on the Kansas City Chiefs and just a really good guy. Um, guys, the Locked on Browns tour account, go ahead and follow that. Uh, we always keep it follow back. You guys provide me a ton of great information, and that's why we keep it open for you because uh, I get a lot of great ideas for you guys for the show here. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, I appreciate everything, guys. iTunes, ratings, reviews, guys. They're always appreciated, always needed. They help with the show's growth. I want to thank everybody for a monster October. Uh, We were able to get business up 30%, uh, and that was after a very, very good September. So I appreciate you guys for all the support that you've been giving me. Until we talk to next time, guys, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB.